This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Fakalafala here too, and welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hullatow, and this week I am joined by Sam Wikes. He's crossed over from that Pacific Sports Show to help us out with the radio show today because Sarah is in camp with the Wallabies preparing for World Cup. Sam, thanks for joining us. Dean, thanks, mate. My lot of late to everyone out there. Uh, but yeah, appreciate it. Uh, filling in for Sarah. I used to work with her at our other company and she used to take a fair few long lunches there. So <laughs> she's doing another one right now. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it's great to be here. And I guess welcome to all the listeners. And coming up in the next hour, we'll have a look at the weekend in sport. We'll chat to Kiana Takarangi from the Newcastle NRLW team and into their grand final. Um, new question for you. Can you ask that? And uh, plenty to get through. But uh, how was your week so far? Week's been good, Sam. Of uh, It's grand final week, as you alluded to there. So plenty going on at the NRL and uh, everyone's excited, getting pumped for uh, this weekend. It's a, it's a big Sunday coming up. Uh, other than that, just enjoyed uh, the finals on the weekend that just passed. Some really good games in both the NRLW and the NRL. Plenty of sport. Family life, you know, the holidays have started. We both were talking about this off air earlier. Yeah. Holidays have started, so it's uh, trying to entertain kids, get to work, and you know, make sure it's all organised, right? Yeah, the juggling act there. The juggling act, yeah. How, how's your week been? Uh, pretty similar. Um, yeah, excited for the footy coming up. Um, obviously, a rugby man myself, disappointed to see the the bledders I go back to New Zealand again for the twentieth straight ooh, year. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, that hurts. Uh, it does hurt, but uh, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. We certainly will. Now, the top story we've got this weekend, we're talking about uh, all things Rugby League Grand Final on Sunday. Well, the Panthers, uh, the Penrith Panthers, who are into their third Grand Final in a row, looking to make it a, a, a two-in-a-row victory against Parramatta Eels. They've dominated through the lower grade. So they won the SG Ball Cup earlier in the year. Uh, past, in the past weekend, they won the Jersey Flag Cup, and they also won the New South Wales Cup. So it's a pretty impressive um, Number of achievements for the club and what they're doing at the moment out there at Penrith. Yeah, I agree, mate. And to uh, have a little bit of family bragging rights there, my little cousin, Isaiah Katoa, there, he's obviously off to the uh, Redcliffe Dolphins next year. Um, yeah, I guess he was part of the SG Ball Grand Final and kicked the winning field goal for the for the fleet game. So, yeah, pretty impressive and our, our family will pump for him. That's huge. To go from winning the SG Ball Grand Final and being the hero there to now being in the Jersey Fleet side and winning that. And, yeah. um, and it's... it's uh, no doubt something, as you said, you're very proud of. But as a club, the, the Penrith Panthers, everyone speaks about the the, the junior base out there. It's such a, a big catchment of, of young talent that they pull from. And, and they're coming through the grades and, and they're starting to have success in the lower grades. And obviously in the NRL, it's, uh, it's a scary thought for other teams that that nursery is growing. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop. No, it is a production line. I grew up out um, in Layla Park out and went to school at Patrician Brothers Blacktown. And that was the, um, you know, the, the feeding ground there, the breeding ground for Parramatta and Penrith Juniors. And I guess this week reminds me of when you know, we used to show up to school and it was SG Boar, Hellmats Grand Finals and the boys, you know, were obviously mates when they went to school, but then you could see them starting to separate throughout that week uh, because of that rivalry. But just amazing talent out there right through from, you know, from the M4 straight up, up to Penrith and, and through to the mountains there. Unreal talent. 
It certainly is. Now, we'll get back to some more league in a minute. But first, a bit of a wrap on the weekend in sport. The NFL, we know that I follow the NFL. There's not many other people in the studio that follow the NFL, but <laughs> just a little update. The Dolphins, uh, they took on the Bills. And we've been sort of tracking the Dolphins too. Tug of Iloa, who's their quarterback, is a bit of a young gun. Uh, and he was taking on Josh Allen, who's been probably the top one or two quarterbacks in the last few years. Well, the Dolphins got up 21-19 in a, in a tight match. Uh, so that was well done to the Dolphins who were charging away this year. They're, they're looking pretty strong. But in other news, we, we all had our teams last week that Nelly picked. She was the Chicago Bears. I've been the Green, Green Bay Packers for a while. And Sarah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, all three teams got up. So our team's tracking not too bad, which is exciting. And of course, Nelly, you followed uh, you followed their progress, didn't you, on the weekend? Yeah, go Bears. Go the Bears. <laughs> Other NFL news, Rihanna has agreed to uh, take on the halftime show, which is huge. The Super Bowl halftime show is uh, it gets a lot of attention. It's usually the biggest um, sporting show or halftime show uh, that goes around. She was offered to do it in 2019, but she set out uh, in solidarity uh, with Colin Kaepernick at the time, who was um, you know, making a, a, a bit of a political stand, and, and she uh, stuck in solidarity with him. But uh, she's come back this year, and uh, I think Jay-Z is the Behind one of the, is on the production company that um, delivers a halftime show, so no doubt he had some influential words to get her on board. <laughs> Mate, looking forward to it. Last year's one was pretty, uh, or would be hard to beat with sort of the old school sort of nineties uh, that was happening then last year during that game. So yes, yeah, see what Rihanna pulls out this year. I'm sure it'll be huge. Now the AFLW moved into round five on the weekend, and unfortunately for Moore Lolawifi and the Carlton Carlton Blues, they went down uh, one two eight to the Melbourne Demons seven eight fifty. So a pretty big result there for the Melbourne Demons. Um, she made the team of the week again. So she's obviously having a, a strong defensive year. Uh, she, we spoke to her a week ago and she almost kicked uh, a winning goal in, in, in the, the tied match. They had They had two tied, uh, two draws in a, in a row, the yep. Carlton Blues. So um, unfortunately, they couldn't get a draw or a win this week. But um, you know, hopefully they turn things around next week. The Brisbane Lions, who we also keep track of, they went down as well, 1-8-14 um, to Richmond, 2-6-18. So a disappointing loss there, <laughs> yeah. the Tigers. Yeah, this one that they probably would have expected to win, but unfortunately couldn't get the job done. Now, Sammy, over to uh, to your sport, the Rugby Championships, and you, you mentioned this earlier off in the piece, the All Blacks uh, too strong for the Wallabies over in New Zealand. Yeah, they were. Obviously, Eden Park, um, Wallabies haven't won there since 1986. Uh, gets brought up a lot. It was tough, I think, after the game that they had in Melbourne. Um, you know, obviously it was a little bit controversial there with the, the ref at the end, but uh, they played some good footy and, and, and went toe-to-toe with the All Blacks in that game. But, yeah, just didn't didn't show up this week in – oh, sorry, when it was the other week uh, in Eden Park. Um, Jordan Barrett, I think he's been the missing link for uh, the All Blacks in that 12th position. I know they've they've been chopping and changing that area and they've been a little bit clunky. But with him sliding into that spot there, I feel like they've found their key to be able to unlock uh, that cohesion between their forwards and backs. But, yeah, for the Wallabies, look, it's um, – I'm not too sure where for me. There's some world-class players in that team, uh, especially in the forward pack. Uh, we've got some game breakers, but at the moment, it's probably in league. You guys call it the spine. That's probably the area that uh, Australia's not lacking. It's just that they keep calling back past players. And then if you're looking for in towards the future, towards the World Cup, towards the Lions series, um, yeah, there's just some things that need to sort of happen in that in that space to be able to yeah press forward. So with that win on the weekend, they they – the All Blacks clinched the rugby championship. They hold the letters though. So yep. they've now, after having a pretty tough season, they've now got a bit of silverware in the in the trophy cabinet. Hey, uh, if you call a tough season winning the rugby championship, the Bledisloe Cup, um, 
again, holding uh, pretty much every trophy, sorry, for that rugby championship. If you call that a tough season, then, you know, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> the All Blacks continuing to roll on. Back to uh, to rugby league. And uh, we mentioned last week the, the Papua New Guinea domestic competition. I was into the grand final. The Hella Wigman defeated the Rubble Gurias 8-6. So it was a low-scoring match. I'm pretty sure that Sarah tipped the Wigman. I took the Gurias, uh, unfortunately for me. Uh, the team I tipped got done, uh, but well done to, to Hella Wigman for, uh, it's, I think it's their third title that they've got. So uh, impressive for them to get that uh, in a tight one. I'm sure, I'm sure Sarah will uh, send me a message of um, gloating about her victory. <laughs> Staying with uh, thing, all things PNG, the uh, Prime Minister's 13 of Australia took on the, the Papua New Guinea teams over the weekend in a, in a rugby league uh, footy fest, I think it was called, up at um, Lang Park in Brisbane. They had the NRLW semifinals, but following that was the, uh, the PM's games. Now, the women, uh, unfortunately for the Orchids, they went down 64-6 to six, uh, to um, the Australian PM's 13, uh, but they did manage to cross the line through a try to uh, Laguna. This is 45 metres out. Out of dummy half, a straightening run. Uh, one out and gains about 10 metres from Carpo. 35 out when she plays it. Now Laguna out of dummy half. Beats one. Laguna! Get on the board, Orchids! Yes! She scores the first points for the PNG team. Well done. She's swamped by her teammates at the Caxton Street end. Joanne Laguna. Yes, well done to Joanne for crossing for their only try and some excitement there from our man up in Queensland, Clinton Hull. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also probably important to note as well, though, uh, PNG were missing Elsie Albert because she was on duties with uh, the Dragons there for that semi-final and um, she would have been a big loss for us, seeing her come off the back fence, off the kickoff, she would have been a handful, but... Um, yeah, I think when she comes back, you know, they'll strengthen that PNG side. It's good for them to get a game under their belt before uh, the World Cup. Yep. So, um, yeah, hopefully the addition of Elsie will, will definitely give them some leadership and uh, get them some matches when they are in, in the World Cup. Now, the men, uh, Australian men's PMs 13, also defeated the Kummels 64-14, to 14, a high-scoring affair. Um, got to see some... Some guys get their opportunity to represent Australia and uh, maybe stake a claim for, for the World Cup. I think um, Josh Adokar, who fell out of the, the Blues team this year uh, in origin, he's one that really is keen to get back in to the representative fold, gets this opportunity with the PMs 13, but uh, maybe pushing for um, selection in the World Cup team as well. So good luck to uh, all those players. Now, I mentioned the other matches for the day, the NRLW semifinals, which uh, which took place and uh, sent me some upsets in these games. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing the Eels get up, um, having Tiana on the show on that Pacific Sports show uh, throughout the year, I said she was no chance. Um, after all the losses, she was coming in a little bit grumpy <laughs> uh, when she was getting her makeup done. So I let her be and then... They got that uh, that win uh, to be able to get them into the semi final, and they were obviously relying on other results. So it's all happened, and now they've gone from the, um, I guess, oh, I don't know, can't say it on the outhouse. Outhouse to the penthouse. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unbelievable for, for the Power Eels, and they're, they're obviously in the, in the double there for the men's and women's. Yeah, very big performance, and particularly from Ash Quinlan, their 5'8. She had a huge game, and uh, she picked up this try. Tackled four metres out by Kearney. Couple of tackles left for the blue and gold. Short side left to Quinlan. Show and go past McGregor. Barrows underneath the defence of Kernick and Ash Quinlan has scored for Parramatta. Brilliantly done by the 5'8". And it's Parramatta who opens the scoring here at Lang Park. 
Now, in the other match, I'd, I'd say there were upsets, but I think that, you know, the Knights finished at the top of the table, near the top of the table, just behind the Roosters, and they beat the Dragons in the um, round five fixture. Yep. They're facing them again in the semi. And I thought that the Dragons, with their grand final experience, maybe would uh, turn the tables and get one back, but the Knights were far too strong and, and led by their, you know, their, their preseason recruits, uh, Tamika Upton and Millie Boyle, who were enormous for them. But, uh, you know, another friend of the, that Pacific Sports Show and someone who we'll speak to later on, uh, Kiara Takarangi she uh, picked up a try as well Pass to centre field for Johnston, she takes contact, gets an offload away, Manzelman Upton, pass to the right, Tightsell gets an offload away, quick hands to the edge, through Parker to Takarangi who dots down untouched Newcastle's heading to the grand final in just its second season. Yeah I was just going to say the um, with Millie Boyle I'm not sure if you saw her try in that game she was just shrugging people off, swatting flies out there and as you mentioned, Tamika Upton as well, they've just been you know, enormous for the Knights this year. And I think it's hard. I know you've started at the, oh, when you were with the West Tigers, bringing the team together the first time NRLW coming in with the Knights to create identity, to create success in your first year. It's pretty impressive what they've done over there uh, up in Newcastle. Yeah, and it hasn't taken them um, long to sort of gel together yeah. as a group. Like they've played really good football. They, they, they played obviously in the 21 season at the start of this year yep. and, and they struggled a bit, but um, that's only a, a short period of time to come back together, to to bring on new recruits and to play the way they've played. You, you mentioned Millie Boyle. She played the whole first half. I think she only had maybe five minutes break in the whole game. So yep. for a front rower to, to have that much output is, is massive to make her up. And a superstar, Jesse Southwell, their halfback, yes, they're is half-back, 17 yep. years old, gold medalist at the Com Games, yep. to come back and, and do what she's done. Another rugby one gone to yeah. league. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we love being academy for league. That's for sure. <laughs> well, both teams looking forward to this this grand final on uh, on Sunday between the Knights and the Eels. It should be a cracking match. And uh, I really, who are you going to tip for that one? Oh, I've got to go with the. Oh, geez. Tiana's You're going to get. I Tiana or Kiana. You yeah, be careful. Which one? Yeah. Here we go. Um, Look, I'm, I'm an underdog person. I played for a fair few wooden spoons and a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of teams that were the underdogs. So I'll go with Para on this one. I'm going to go with Para just because I was a, a member of uh, the Para team. We didn't join up at the back end of this year, Nelly. So that's bad on us. We're going to have to make sure we we rejoin next year. But I'll be back in the Eels as well. Yeah, nice. I played Matthews at the Eels. So I oh, to, did you? I have to. I'm the Eels junior. There we so go. I have to. I have to follow them. Who was your junior club? Marylands and Wentworthville. Oh, yeah. Marylands Rams. Yes, the Rams. And the Winnie Magpies. Yeah. Yep. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Sidetrack. <laughs> Back to the uh, the results from the weekend and the NRL finals, week three, the prelims. These were huge encounters. Firstly, it was the Cowboys taking on the Eels up in Townsville and a uh, phenomenal stadium, that place. And it was rocking. Uh, it looked like a, a great atmosphere. The Eels were up against it to travel up north and get the result, but they managed to win 24 to 20. And a front row crossing twice. You, you love to see that. Regan Campbell-Gillard picked up two tries. Only three metres out. Ten to the left of the uprights. Slow play the ball coming up for Marnie here. Passes open right. Charging Campbell-Gillard. No one can stop him. He's got a double for the Eels. And Parramatta back in it on the solo surge from Regan Campbell-Gillard. This looked like a tough game. Yeah, just seeing Parramatta-Eels, obviously they, they had a bit of a shaky start. I think they were only completing about maybe 56% of their, um, what do you call it, in, in league? Their, yeah, their sets. Oh, their sets, yeah. yeah, yeah, rate, yeah. <laughs> I've stuffed that up. But, um, <laughs> but just, just seeing him, yeah, Mitch Moses, two kicks out on the full. Um, and then obviously whatever Brad Arthur said at halftime must have worked because they came out, they were a lot more composed. 
And I think if you're going to break down a side that's known for sort of their defense, like in anything, you need to have those second man players or be able to offload in the tackle. And I felt like when Lane, Bolo, um, Rebel Campbell, Gillard, when they were on a roll there, they were able to sort of, you know, disrupt their defensive line speed and, and just get just create those little half breaks and, and sort of brought Mitchell back into it with his kicking game. And yeah, they, they ran away with it. I thought the Cowboys being 2012 up, they would have, you know, Sealed that one, but it uh, wasn't meant to be, and Paris still there. Yeah, that that was probably the talk was the conditions were going to shoot the Cowboys, yep. and it was going to be really hard for the Eels to sort of out, outstay them or you know fight off that fatigue. But they um, they definitely that second half was much improved from the first, even though they went in half time all squared. That second half was uh, was enormous from the Eels to put in that type of effort, and like you say, um, Bolo and uh, Sean Lane and, and Regan Campbell Gillard, they they work through the middle end lane on the edge uh, to create second phase and break down the defence was, was enormous and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Eels go around on Sunday and they'll be up against uh, the Panthers who managed to defeat South 32 points to 12 obviously uh, Panthers with the week off, um, they've been the form team for the last three years and uh, it was always going to be a really tough task for the Bunnies, particularly with um, no Alex Johnston on the wing, their, their try scoring machine, it was um, it was up against it for them but um, the Panthers too strong and, and Brian Toll who, who we love uh, talking about on the show He's a try scoring machine, but he's just a, a joy and entertainer. And uh, he scored this try, um, which was an uh, outstanding solo effort. 33 out from the goal line. Dummy half is Cook. Goes to his right to Ilias. Then out the back to Cody Walker. Links up now. Through hands, Mitchell. Away to a juggling grave. He lost it. It's picked up by Cole. Uh-oh. He's over halfway. Steps in field. Runs over the top of one. Brian Cole gets an incredible try. Man, yeah, Brian obviously uh, does like is a figure out in Sydney's West. You know they they love him out there in Penrith in, in Mount Druitt area. He does so much for the community, but his size, I found his size the hardest to tackle. They've just got good feet and they're so powerful. And watching him just you know throw off Cody Walker like that, I was just like, oh. as you said, Cody Walker's a bit of an angry man. He didn't look too happy when he <laughs> when he got up from that uh, from being bumped off like that. Yeah, Brian Todd, that that frame like real yeah. nuggety. Um, not 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 tall, but just nuggety and uh, fast and strong, sort of like Matt Matt Utah was, yes, was like yep. that, you know. Like, but um, Brian's not quite as as um, stocky, stocky, stocky yep. as Matt, but um, he gets the job done. And yeah, he would be hard to tackle. Uh, but the Panthers just showing how how good they are again. They go, they went on with their game. It was it was tied up until a point, but then um, they just they just got away with it. And they could have had more tries. They had three disallowed. Disallowed, the yeah, they so, did. Yep. Um, they, they could have even put on a bigger scoreline. Uh, but I think um, it set up what everyone yeah. you know would have wanted, a Western Sydney derby between the Eels and the Panthers. They've had some really good matches the last few years, and it's going to continue on Sunday. Who are you tipping? Um, it's, it's a tough one. Obviously, everyone's saying it's Penrith to lose. Um, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to, it is going to be tough for, for Para just in terms of they've had to play that extra game. Uh, it's almost been like a dream run for Penrith where they've had Nathan Cleary. He was out for five weeks, but he wasn't injured. So he was able to, you know, freshen up. Still, stay, still, it was almost like, a mini, fit, yeah, yeah. almost like a mini preseason for him. They won the first game week off. They win again, and, and there's sort of there's no injuries at all, whereas the Eels are – they've had some emotional games. And I, I, I was always like watching – team interviews and, and the way teams celebrate after they um, win games like that. The para team, obviously ecstatic to be in the grand final, jumping on each other. Like they won the grand final, so those emotions were flying. 
was when the Panthers won. It was almost like next job. Yeah. You know, so it's just, I'm not too sure. What is it like? You've played in the grand final. What is the week like um, leading into it, like around emotion, around getting the body right? You know, how, how much on-field sessions do you do to prep for this game? What is the week like in the grand I, final? It's, it's a good question. There's a lot of outside noise. Like, I didn't really enjoy the week for everything that happened. Like, I, I loved like hanging out with the fans, and it, it was a big moment. So I enjoyed that part of it, but it, it was so different to every other week you get during the year and you're preparing for a game. So it almost becomes secondary, like the on-field stuff, yeah, right. because there is so much going on around it. Um, and it's it's going to be good for the Panthers because they've experienced it before and they know how to put that out of their minds. Like you say, their, their focus was after the game, onto the next job. Yeah, The Eels were emotional. We've just won a, a prelim. We're into a GF. Like they're, they're right up there in terms of emotion. And to have to wean off that, get back into game mode and prepare for it, block out as much of the outside noise as you can and get ready for a game, it's going to be an advantage for Penrith to have that experience and, and know, what, know how to handle it. So just on that, you, um, I guess the grand finals that Penrith have played in have sort of been in COVID periods where the weeks probably were maybe a little bit different because last year's one was up in yeah, yeah, so You yeah. know what I mean? And it's the first time. It's the first time back home. Schedule. Do you think uh, maybe – have been in front of their fans. There's a little bit more pressure to to deliver. No, I as think, opposed to being away from home when they're not there. I think they can enjoy the week because they okay. because they they've had the experience of the actual game itself. Yep, previous and they've and they've done the job. So I think they'll enjoy having the opportunity to be in front of their fans this time. Like they missed out on it before. So yep. I don't think it'd be pressure. I think it'd be something to enjoy. But I'm going to tip the eels just because I'm. I'm I'm stuck on the eels now. I can't I can't go against them. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go Mitch Moses field goal to win the game. Ooh, <laughs> Mitch Moses to to be the hero. Yep. There you have it. Now, don't forget, you can hear all the games this Sunday on Radio Australia. We'll be uh, covering the state championship between Penrith and the North Devils, plus both grand finals, the NRLW grand final, which will be the Newcastle Knights up against the Parramatta Eels, and then the NRL men's grand final later in the evening with the Eels taking on the Panthers. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? Yes, joining us this week uh, for Talanoa Time, uh, we're very lucky to have Kiana Takarangi. She is an uh, NRLW player with the Newcastle Knights. She's about to play in her first grand final. She's previously played with the Roosters, represented the Cook Islands, uh, and she's a friend of the show because she also appears on that Pacific Sports Show. Kiana, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me on. Firstly, uh, it... it no doubt it's been a pretty crazy week. Uh, you're into an NRLW grand final, but uh, can you tell us about the season you've had with the, the Knights? It's uh, been a, a very enjoyable one to watch because you've played some really uh, great football. Yeah, it's been unreal up here. I really enjoyed my time with the Newcastle Knights so far. Um, we obviously have a great team here. There were a couple of big signings earlier on in the season and the team's kind of just been built around some of our really big names, but it's been really enjoyable so far and we've you know, played some good footy, and I think we're we're building towards a big game this weekend. Yeah, what about the um, your opponents, the Parramatta Eels? Are, are you? Um, what are your thoughts on what they have delivered this year? Because they they only managed to win that last one against the Broncos, but it, they have played some really competitive football against you guys right off the top. But um, yeah, are, are you thinking it's going to be a pretty tough battle? Yeah, definitely. The Parramatta Eels were probably unlucky with a couple of games. They. They weren't losing by a lot. There were a couple of few games there where they, you know, with us especially, they could have beat us definitely in that game. It was it was super tight. So they're peaking at the right time of the season. So we'll definitely be up for a big 
big battle this weekend. Kiana, Sam here. Um, missed you on the show uh, and been talking to Tiana a fair bit. She's been down in the dumps a fair few Mondays because they haven't won a game and then all of a sudden they snuck in there. Um, I know you've just touched on the Parramatta Eels, but for you guys to get the job done, obviously you guys are flying at the moment. You've got a lot of big players. Uh, where do you see the opportunities are against Parramatta Eels and what, have you, what did you guys learn from the last time you played against them? Um, I, I actually didn't play in the last, the last game that we met, but watching the game, it was a super tight battle. I think both of us have really strong forward packs. So I think that's probably the strength in both of our teams. So if we can kind of win and dominate that middle, then I think, you know, opportunity will open up for our, for our edges. So yeah, but battle of the forwards this week, I think, and whoever can win that battle will, will probably finish on top. Those edges, you mean? Open it up for yourself, is it, to score again in the, the right-hand corner? <laughs> hopefully, yes, hopefully. Nice, nice. Taking a step back uh, from, from rugby league for a second, uh, can you tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself, Kiana, and, and your family and, and, and growing up? Yeah, definitely. So um, I grew up in the Southern Shire. I was born and bred in Carringbar. Um, I'm one of three. I've got an older brother named Brad and a younger sister named Maya. Uh, we are born to my my father's a Cook Islander, and my mum is a New Zealand Maori. So, um, very proud parents we have. My dad was he was a footy player himself. He only had a couple of games though because he was a bit naughty, got into a bit of trouble when he was younger, so he didn't have a long career. But um, yeah, he's very proud of both my brother and I still continuing to play. And obviously the rugby league, as you say, runs in the family. We mentioned that you've represented the Cook Islands and World Cup coming up after the, the season, uh, the NRLW season that is. Um, have you got one eye on um, potentially representing the Cook Islands once more? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm eligible to play for both, but I will be playing for the Cook Islands this World Cup. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get the job done this weekend and then yeah, all my focus will be for um, representing the Cook Islands in the World Cup. Ken, I know you mentioned your family there. Is it true that the family touch day around Christmas time is pretty competitive? And uh, if it is, who's sort of the one that's sort of going to be the one that I guess you can get under the skin pretty easy or who gets wound up pretty easy in those games? Um, yeah, we do have a, a yearly ritual playing um, touch on Boxing Day. And yeah, it, it started off as a bit of fun, but our family's very competitive and um, we play alongside the McGregors so Corbin Baxter formerly McGregor we play against her family so we're the best team at the moment the Takarangi (laughs) (laughs) we um I think we won it this year we had a few we had a few blow-ins actually so there was a whole bunch of Cook Islanders that came down and joined us this year and they kind of took it to a whole another level of serious because they're actually proper touch players so um yeah, we kind of linked up with them and we're the reigning champs at the moment. So hopefully we can continue that. Is there a little bit of a Cook Island community down in the Shire? Because uh, I, I tend to bump into a few playing like both Oztag and touch football. And um, I actually know you play down at Janola Field, don't you, for uh, that, that touch game? I, I walked past last year and um, it was way too fast for, for my standards. <laughs> but um, yeah, it must be a, a small community of, of Cook Islanders around the area. Yeah, I think growing up, there wasn't really a lot of Islanders around. But as I've gotten older, there's definitely a lot more um, Pacific Islanders and Cook Islanders specifically that have moved into the area or that I've been connected with. So, 
Yeah, you should have jumped in, Dean. I don't know why I didn't come in because the, the McGregor side was struggling. They would have needed you there. <laughs> I left my boots at work, so. Um... Oh, so, <laughs> so Dean wouldn't make your team? How convenient. <laughs> so Dean wouldn't no, make your we team? we were good. We didn't need you, Dean. <laughs> Actually, we might take you. <laughs> just just on, on back to NRLW now, and uh, obviously the, the expansion is, is going to happen um, with, with 10 teams coming in, and uh, I guess – this year was a step forward. I feel like the the level of the competition's gone up. Um, how do you see it going with uh, the expansion? More players, more opportunities. Um, how do you how do you think it's going to go with the way the the NRLW is going? I think it's great. I think it's awesome that four new teams are coming in. I think the question of the quality has kind of been raised a few times on whether we'll be able to maintain the same sort of high standard of um, football that's being played at the moment, but. I think it's a great opportunity for people from other codes to kind of come across. Like we might see a bit more, um, you know, the rugby rugby union girls coming across, which wouldn't be a bad thing. No, it would not. be awesome. So, <laughs> We've got a golden period. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, there's a lot of spots up for grabs now. So there's a lot of opportunity for, yeah, for girls to be involved. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Do you think uh, uh, maybe not many people know that you're also a coach at CK Athletic there with with Corbs, um, and you are heading back to the Cook Islands? Is that trip still going ahead? And do you think you're going to unearth some of the talent over there? Yes, that trip is still going ahead. Although Corbs pregnant, she won't be joining me anymore. So I'm bringing some of the, the other girls along with me, some of our other footy girls, to come over and help. So really looking forward to that. And yeah, I think it is just about um, kind of. Getting the girls involved. Actually, we're going to do it for both boys and girls, sorry. But um, particularly the girls, we want to kind of show them that there is a pathway. And, you know, if they wanted to kind of pursue rugby league, um, you know, that it is possible. And, yeah, just kind of give them a good time and hopefully inspire some of them along the way. Now, uh, just with the, the grand final this week, we always ask our guests if they have a pre-game or match day ritual that they go through. Big game this weekend. Is there anything in particular that you're going to do in, in the lead up to that? I don't really. I try not to have any. Or my my game day prep is pretty simple. I just like to relax in the morning, have a big brekkie, chill out, try not to think too much. I don't, don't like to overthink um, the game. I just try to, yeah chill out and with this weekend I think I mentioned to you guys earlier it doesn't even feel like the grand final week yet and I'm not mad about it because again I don't want to kind of let the pressure of the moment get to my head I'm just trying to enjoy it and focus on what I need to do out there on the field and yeah just have fun well it's a good approach and uh fingers crossed that when you go out there on Sunday you you have a great game and crossing that right corner like Sammy said (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Hopefully. Now, before we let you go, we, we like to play uh, a little game with our guests. It's called Tip On. It's a 60-second rapid-fire uh, questionnaire. Are you uh, down to play? Yes, let's go. All right, the clock is on. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately? I just finished reading The Happiest Man on Earth. Who is your most annoying teammate? Um, Emma Pucky is quite annoying. Go with her. Who is your sporting hero? Ooh. Um, it might be someone like Yana Pittman or Kathy Freeman. There weren't many footy girls to look up to back then. Nice. I like those. What was your favorite movie as a kid? Lion King or Space Jam. Lion King. Uh, who in your team is always on their phone? Uh, we'll go with my roomie, Tiana Davidson. 
Uh, what's something you could eat for a month straight? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Which teammate has the worst fashion sense? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, can I pass? I don't know. Pass. Who's the, the best? Worst. Who's the best then? Who's got the best fashion sense? I think Yazzie. Yasmin, oh, Yasmin Clydesdale is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I'd say her. Yeah. Well, Kiana, thanks very much for joining us. That's uh, that's us. Uh, we wish you all the best for this weekend. Like I said, it's going to be an epic day out there at, uh, at Homebush. And, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on our screens as well for that Pacific Sports Show. Thank you, guys. Awesome to chat. That was NRLW Newcastle Knights champion Kiana Takarangi. We wish you all the best this weekend in the grand final against the mighty Parramatta Eels. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Now, Sammy, this is a segment that Sarah and I love where uh, anyone that's listening can send a question in that's been burning in their mind that they want to ask of a a former or a current athlete. Now, we've got two former athletes here today, (laughs) so we don't get the currency of of Sarah, but um, hopefully between you and I, we can answer this. This is um, in your domain, actually, this question. Yeah, here it is. It's a hard-hitting one. Um, is rugby in Australia an endangered species? In, uh, in an endangered species, Josiah from Latoka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 talk about this a little bit about um, in rugby league circles. Obviously, rugby league people are very biased towards rugby league. Yep. Um, but we make jokes. I've got friends that work at Rugby Australia, and uh, we make little jokes every now and then about. Rugby being an endangered species, and you're an expert in this field, so I'm going to ask. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on on Josiah's question? Oh, look, it's obviously it's probably fair uh, to probably say just when you just look at the results that um, I guess Australian rugby and the Australian Super Rugby teams have have had over the last you'd almost say like eight years. Uh, it's been tough, and you know, like it's just been you know with the rule changes, with uh, probably no high profile players. Um, coming over, you know, participation rates is going down. It's just been, it has been a bit of a grind. I guess this next ten year period, um, it's it's not yet. There's still there's still life there. I just want to make it clear, there's still life out there, um, and it's still a great game to watch. It's still so so many good people involved. But this ne- next ten year period is golden because we have um, the Olympics in Brisbane, obviously in, in in the next sort of ten years. There, we've also got the World Cup here in Australia, and we've also got the Lions Tour. So there's three massive events in this next 10-year period to be able to, you know, uh, resurrect Australian rugby. You, you mentioned about participation. Is um, is there a, a strong enough focus towards grassroots rugby in, in Australia? Uh, I know there's a want for it. Um, it's just a manpower. So like I know with here in New South Wales, uh, the development officers, I'm not too sure how many there are in league, but there's, um, there's three uh, development officers looking after all of um, – you know the Sydney area, and it's massive. So uh, there's a there's a Samoan fella named uh, named Junior Tale who is who looks after the Southern Corridor, but he's making his trip out to Penrith. He's going to Bathurst. It's just one person trying to get out there and grow the game. So yeah, they they probably definitely need to have more people on deck to be able to get out there. And I think there needs to be more of a connection with past players. Um, you know, I try and do my bit as much as I can to get out to you know, Dundas Valley, uh, the Vikings, of, the Vikings. I believe you're. You, were you there as a junior as well? No, no, my, my mum actually mum worked, worked at, there. That's worked right. with the Vikings, yeah. The yeah. Vikings. So, mate, they used to be a powerhouse uh, club out there, and they went down to 14 players. 
uh, the last sort of few years. And then the committee it was strong there. I've got it back to about 50 players. So it's just, yeah, the, the people are there. They want it. Um, it's still strong in the private schools, but they probably need to get it in the, the public school system as well to be able to, to grow the game and, and probably simplify the pathways as well. Um, league, you go from Harold Matz, SG Ball, Jersey Flag, New South Wales Cup, NRL. Like it's there. That's it. It's simple. You know where you're going. Whereas in, in Australian rugby, it's a little bit murky on, on how you get to become a Wallaby. Yeah, right. What, what about the... Um the talent drain, like so, you've mentioned to me before about players going from league to union. Uh, sorry, from union to league, going that way because those those opportunities are clearer to get through a pathway in league. And uh, I guess, um, yeah, it's 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 just a a more in your face opportunity to to make the transition to to come this way. How do you get players to go back to rugby? Yeah, it's how you, you you need to be seen it every every day. Um, you know, I know I feel like I know a little bit more about league now and even AFL just because it's in your face every day. Like you try and hide from, but you you still know the scores, you still know the players who are in and out. Just because you can hear it everywhere. Um, with Union at the moment, you know, if you haven't got Stan Sports, it's not really um, you know visible to the public. So that that's hard. Needs eyeballs on it. And I, I just think as well that's uh, where it's going. There needs to be, um, yeah, just just that more of a focus on how do you make it more attractive for those players? You know, the league and AFL they're not they're not scared to throw money at potential. You know, you, it might not hit all the time, but then they're not afraid to throw money at a sixteen year old, seventeen year old. Whereas maybe in union, it's a little bit more reactive um, because if we look at two generational players at the moment, Joseph Swali'i. And as Ikatol, who we mentioned earlier, who is going to the Redcliffe Dolphins, they're union boys through club footy. Uh, Joey played for Blacktown Scorpions, as I played for um, Penrith Emus. You know, and then coming out of school, they, they, they go to CIS schools where they play rugby, GPS schools where they play rugby, but yet we couldn't convert them to, you know, stay in the game. What about um, pathways in, 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 the, in the islands? So is there an opportunity um, to sort of, partner up or to, to work closer with um, governing bodies in, in the islands to strengthen rugby and create more opportunities for pathways back through Australia as well? Yeah, um, I know uh, not long ago they held a combine there in the Pacific, uh, right. World Rugby held a combine. There was four contracts up for grabs. Um, I'm not sure what the conversations were like between Rugby Australia and World Rugby in terms of, you know, does it open up an opportunity to maybe for the Super Rugby teams to offer one contract from each going back to the islands to create that pathway. They've brought the Drua in and the Wana um, Pacifica, which is a great start. Like, and, and they, although they didn't get the results, they really lit up the screens with some amazing tries. So there is that pathway. Um, I just hope, yeah, it just gets cleaned up and a little bit clearer throughout the, you know, this next 10-year period. Well, I think, Josiah, hopefully we've answered the question somewhat. It's, yeah, it's, not, in, thanks, mate. <laughs> it's not completely endangered. There's there's hope for rugby. Absolutely, and, there is. Um, there's a, a really important period, like you say, coming up. So um, more visible, more investment in grassroots. And let's. I, I like that when Australia's got strong uh, strength in rugby, when the Wallabies are competitive and um, good on the international stage, I enjoy watching it. So Yeah, the crowd will come 100%. The, they'll come out of the woodworks when the Wallabies start winning. All right, let's go. If you've got a question, you can send it through uh, to our DMs on Instagram. I'm at Dean Hartow. I'm Sam Wikes. And also at Sarah Nangama if you want to get, uh, get in touch with Sarah as well. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. Woo!
You're with Sam and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Don't go anywhere. We've still got our favourite socials and we tackle the tough headlines in the rough. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. So, Sam, this is something that I struggle with, um, which is well known on the show, and that's uh, scouring through the social pages to find some good content. I don't often post, any, actually, I don't post anything ever. And uh, so it's Sarah's domain, but um, I'm leaning on you this week to okay. hold us mate, up. I thought it was going to be deeper than that with the way you led with uh, you've got some problems or something like that. I was, I was here for you, mate. So. <laughs> have, good. You, have you been going through the uh, socials? What have you found? I have actually. Um, something that caught my eye was actually the Geelong Cats um, AFL team who've just won uh, the AFL Premiership. As Nelly Shutters. Yeah, yes. she, she was absolutely not happy uh, about the thumping that Sydney just copped but um yeah they're mad monday celebrations um i've you know i haven't won a grand final uh haven't even come close but um (laughs) the mad monday celebrations that you know they're usually pretty eventful pretty fun and yeah look i've seen them they all dressed up as uh i guess old folks um in this one and in the world of sport being over 30 is considered old and, and veteran and the old dogs got in the spirit of it and made sure that, uh, yeah, everyone knew that they were old dogs, but um, they were winners at the end. It was, it was unreal to see them falling out of the bus and, and having wheelchairs and, and walkers to help them in there just to have a few. Hello. Young fella. Hello, John. You look like young old, Billy. You look like your old man. Young Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you won the premiership in 2022? <laughs> good year, Billy. Good. Yeah. Uh, if you rock up on a Monday morning after a game, that's generally how most of us move. So, um, yeah, it's good fun. Now, for listeners, head to the ABC Sport um, Instagram page to get some more context for that <laughs> that audio. Basically, the, the players all rolling off a, uh, a bus, a minibus, and um, – just struggling. Yeah, uh, they, were, they were called too old and too slow um, ahead of the GF, and they just wanted to, I guess, continue that theme. As you said, heading out of the bus, and that was them falling out. I'm sure they were uh, that a couple under the belt uh, as they were falling out, but it was a good excuse <laughs> to say that. Yeah, it was, it was they were acting. A couple of a couple of sports drinks, no doubt, from uh, Geelong. <laughs> now, uh, my one, I've gone to um, the Daly M's were on um, last night in Sydney, and uh, I I don't often like giving. Um, Sporting bet companies a uh, a plug, but sportsbet.com.au. Go to their Instagram page. They did some um, live interviews on the on the Daily M red carpet, and uh, there's some pretty funny <laughs> stupid, uh, pretty funny jokes that they have at the the players' expense. And uh, yeah, this is how it went. Uh, you're off to the Tigers next season. How are you feeling ahead of your last ever finals game? Yeah, uh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. You're the only one from the Dragons who's shown up tonight. So pretty much the same as every game this season. <laughs> Bruv, force on my shoes. Don't step on them. <laughs> what are they building out there at Shark Park, brother? Is Players, casino, extension to Gal's <laughs> house. What is it? I think it's a bit of everything. If you win on Sunday, will you take Nathan through Macca's drive-thru on the way home? Uh, yeah, if that's what he wants, yes. <laughs> A lot of funny gags there, uh, all little references to things that have happened over the, the course of the season. <laughs> oh, that Dragons one was brutal. <laughs> dragons, even the, t- the, oh, the Tigers. tigers. <laughs> uh, you didn't know what to do, puppy. But, um, yeah, good, good all you can do there. is laugh. All you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh. In the run. Tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? Now, the headlines this week aren't 
So much tough headlines. There's some really positive news. Uh, and we'll kick things off with um, soccer, football, as uh, it's known around the world. The Fijian under-19 side has secured a spot at next year's FIFA under-20 World Cup in Indonesia. So well done to the Fijian under-19 yeah, huge side. News. Yeah, it is huge. They um, they secured a spot by winning in the OFC Under-19s Championship uh, in Tahiti. So they beat New Caledonia 1-0, which uh, progresses them through um, to that World Cup next year. Uh, and we're very happy for the Fijian side. So well done to them. Now, other positive news uh, in cricket this time, the Cook Islands, they've broken into the International Cricket Council's um, T20 international rankings. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Fifty fifth out of eighty two. Um, not sure how the cricket fields are in in the Cook Islands and and how who, who's bowling the wrong ends. But yeah, outstanding to see. Uh, yeah, the Cook Islands doing well there. Yeah, climbing up, up amongst other uh, Pacific nations, Vanuatu, Fiji, Samoa, all, all ranked up there in the top eighty two. So well done to the Cook Islands. Now. Back across to rugby, uh, we spoke before about um, the rugby championship and, and the Kiwis getting the job done over against the Wallabies in uh, at Eden Park. But there was a, a little bit of chat around the uh, the boomerang that the Wallabies formed in response to the hucker that was being um, issued to them uh, in that match. What did you think of that? Oh, definitely not disrespectful. Um, their coach, Dave Rennie, is a Kiwi through and through as well, obviously, except when he's uh, coaching the Wallabies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when, when he came out and said that it's definitely not, um, you, you, got, you just can't stand there and, and cop it, so to speak, is, is what he said. But we've seen teams do things in the past where they've tried to, you know, they face the other way or have done a huddle. Um, they've made like a half circle uh, against them. They've advanced forward. Some of the teams have, you know, taking their tracksuits off while they're doing it. So you've got to do something to uh, for that challenge. And all it was was a boomerang. Boomerangs are part of the Australian culture, uh, Aboriginal culture. Um, and that's how, they thought, that's how they thought they were going to get the job done, um, by accepting the challenge of the haka. And uh, it didn't go to plan, but uh, it definitely not disrespectful. No, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, it's an acceptance of the challenge. I, I, I know the England team in rugby league once – got into a huddle and just ignored the hucker, which is, I think, really disrespectful. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it was meant as, a, as an acceptance of the challenge. Absolutely. So I'll take that for what it was. Now, other news for rugby, the um, Super <clears throat> Rugby Pacifica um, draw has been announced for 2023. So this is big news. Yeah, massive news. I think some um, ones to highlight is that the Fijian draw gets six home games now in Fiji. Uh, which is awesome. Like those conditions over there are tough to play in. They, they nearly caused a couple of upsets against the Highlanders. Um, and the Crusaders will be going over there, which which is a big game. They love having that game over there. Um, as well as the Moana Pacifica playing the Drua in New Zealand for their, I think, to kick off the round as well. And then the, there'll be like a Pacific uh, festival for that over there, uh, which which is awesome to see. So, um, yeah, excited for the, the new competition coming up. It's... Um it's been good to see the Super Rugby Pacific um, take off and, and the addition of the two Pacific sides in um, the draw and, and also uh, from wider Pacifica. So it's um, it's great that we're going to be able to see more rugby matches played in the Pacific. We know we know how much um, sports loved in the Pacific yep. and rugby in particular. And this might go back to what we talked about the ruck about helping to, to get exposure to the game and grow the game even yeah, further. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's also good to see that it, there's no COVID disruptions anymore. So uh, it'll be a blended season rather than, you know, Australia, only playing Australian teams in that first half of the conference. It's, it'll be a mixed bag over there. So that, that'll be good to see that touring comes back into things. I think people, uh, some of the teams forgot probably how to 
manage that process around touring and, and there were a couple of upsets along the way. Um, but th- that'll be good for teams to be able to get that exposure again, traveling. Yeah, that's um, it's wonderful news. And uh, we, we've spoken about that in the show before, about the difficulty of, of teams um, facing each other after only competing against yep. like a smaller conference. Uh, and then when they come together, the, the Kiwi teams have tended to dominate. But if you get it from the outset, I think it's going to be more competitive across the board. So good move. Now, Across to Super Rugby, I'll picky and there's uh, some positive news uh, with, and this is, again, something we've mentioned before on, on the show around representation at all levels and all roles in the game, but two female uh, head coaches in the Super Rugby Alpiki. This is this is awesome. Yeah, it's great news. And I think even for someone like Crystal, um, who has been coaching for a long time now, she actually coached a lot with her husband um, over in Japan as well. At, uh, I can't remember the prefecture over there. It's just not just outside of Nagoya. Um, and this is the first time she'll be coaching uh, without her husband. She's had plenty of experience with the Black Ferns as well and, and been part of the setup. So um, she said she's looking forward to the, the challenge of being the head coach and, and taking the reins. Yeah, so Crystal Kowa, she's uh, she'll be taking over at Chiefs Manawa, and then uh, Victoria Grant is uh, is taking the the job at the Hurricanes Power for for next year. So uh, she was previously assistant coach there. So to progress through to that head coach role, um, replacing Wesley Clark, it's uh, it's a good move for her as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's just good to see that, as, as you mentioned, that representation female head coaches coming into that space um, and be able to take in the reins there. It'll be good to see. Back across to the NRL and the Dally M's took place yesterday, as we mentioned. Uh, the Dally M team of the year, heavily dominated by Pacifica players, which is awesome. Jeremiah Nanaya, he uh, picked up Rookie of the Year. And also Joseph Sawali'i, he made the wing. Uh, so that's uh, pretty big news for those two guys who are you know, very young in their careers. First season um, for both of them in the competition. Uh, I know Jeremiah played last year, but um, you know, young guys in, in the competition yep. to get that. Todd Payton, Coach of the Year, one of my former teammates, <clears throat> stoked for him. And also Nico Hines picking up the Dalian Player of the Year. Yeah, very impressive. As you said, nine players, um, Pacifica players. You know, I guess when you talk about the representation in the NRL, it's over 50%. Um, and there's just some big-name players in there. And, and the Rookie of the Year, as you mentioned, Mate, they've just got they've got 15 years ahead of them uh, to be able to you know probably keep cleaning up the daily M's and obviously Nico Hines was outstanding through uh, the Cronulla Sharks here. Yeah, a bit of a surprise there for Nico. Ben Hunt and Dylan Edwards were um, you know heavily backed, but uh, well done to Nico Hines, the female um, NRLW player that got the daily M award was Racy McGregor. She has had a, she had a killer season for the Roosters. Unlucky um, they didn't progress through to the grand final, but um, she was outstanding. She had a bunch of try assists to try herself and she just every game she turned up she was one of the best on the field so well done well done to Racine McGregor now we know the grand finals this week Mike Acevo who plays on the wing for the Eels he's uh hasn't seen his family for a long time they're back in um back in Fiji and they they made the trek out um a few years ago it was a really nice piece that uh we've seen from the Eels when they were able to fly his family out yep. his, his father I should say to watch the game but um they're, they're trying to make the pilgrimage across to watch the grand final this Sunday. Oh, man, that's, I love seeing those stories. I've seen, uh, you know, Viliami Kikau have his story with his family and just seeing uh, Mike Acevo's one. It's at the end of the day, Pacific uh, Island culture. It's just, it just goes hand in hand, family and, and footy um, and their faith, you know. So it's, it's beautiful to watch. And um, I've got no doubt that, uh, you yeah, know, he'll, he'll be having them in his heart uh, while he's running out there this Sunday. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is great. And, um, the Parramatta Eels have met 
Marcus uh, Fowler, a bunch of the Parramatta Eels, and the last time they went to Fiji for the Prime Minister's 13, got to meet Micah's family, and uh, obviously when his dad came out as well previously. So um, it'll be great to have that support uh, for him in the crowd and uh, just to enjoy that moment. ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific? Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Sam, it's been awesome having you on the show. If you did miss the show or you just want to listen to the magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2 p.m. PNG time, or you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mate, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure being on. And if you want more sport, you can check out That Pacific Sports Show on Wednesday night or catch up on ABC Australia Ivy. What's all here? Look, see you. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.